welcome back to Squawking Dead. Did you miss us? Well, did you? I did. (laughs) (laughs) This is our second podcast of the week, because technically it's still Saturday. Uh, I don't know when this is going to go up. But it's within within the same time span. Yeah. We are driving ourselves crazy, running ourselves ragged, trying to get you this content. And today we're going to be covering... Fear the Walking Dead, season four, episode one, the season premiere. And I got to tell you, right off the bat, no crazy intro. No. We're, we're, we're going off the cuff. This will shave us a little little time off this, this season premiere. Yeah, we're going to get right to it, right to the meat of it. Yeah, yeah. But what's really interesting about this episode is that I'm very concerned that we're going to say a lot about this episode because they put all their money on this episode. Yeah. Because in following some of the Fear the Walking Dead cast members and crew, you find out a lot about what went into that that one single season premiere episode. And obviously, you've got cast from The Walking Dead. Yeah, yep. In terms of continuity. You've got these combined crews. You've got these cinematographers cranking it up to 100. They basically put a lot of storyboarding, a lot of dialogue, a lot of thoughtfulness into this episode to try to make it the blowout Fear the Walking Dead, a series apart from The Walking Dead. Right. And it certainly showed. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I was very impressed, much more than... And and again, I, this is, I, I'm a Fear of the Walking Dead watcher. I've watched it since the beginning, but this was definitely an episode apart. It was interesting for it to go straight from Walking Dead to Fear of the Walking Dead because the differences were huge just in terms of the tone of the episode and you know the way it was shot the 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 coloring yeah which that's just right. everything had a sort of like the blue um, hues right yeah it had a very different feel to the episode which which is a very different take on it like i really had to kind of switch gears especially after coming off of the season finale of walking dead and going into the premiere of fear and it you know was a completely different approach whatsoever yeah. you know completely so yeah. i think it was a transition piece i, I mean even the way the title of the episode what's your story you know (laughs) what's your deal how do we transition morgan into this whole thing because we don't see the main fear characters until the very end really so like the last minute or two yeah exactly literally but i not that that's a complaint i'm just saying it's very it's a different approach it took me a bit by surprise when we kind of do continue it from walking dead and we see morgan in the junkyard i was like oh this is this is an interesting approach we really are going (laughs) taking right where we left off and picking it up actually it seems like it's a month later a month after something like that yeah what's a nikon we're like in the process of rebuilding i get the impression at this point they said it was enough time to grow an eggplant i was gonna say because that's kind of what tipped me off about how much time had flown had gone by because he had that bathtub that he had all the plants growing and so i was like okay well Uh, yeah there you go that that, that's that's the tip off right that that's kind of what tipped me off like i was like okay well enough time has passed that he's been able to grow this vegetation yeah and i looked it up i i said okay google how long does it take to grow an eggplant 16 to 24 weeks according to old farmer Almanac harvest 16 to 24 weeks after sowing when the skin of the fruit is shiny and unwrinkled. Like Morgan's head. <laughs> shiny and unwrinkled. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that funny. perfect melon. That perfect melon. Yeah, so that's that's how I found out. That's how I figured it. Like from the episode, like I just I was like, okay, enough time has passed. We've been able to grow vegetation here, so he's he's been settling settling into his his new location at the junkyard. Yeah, he's in, and you know he's he's, he's so bored. He's 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 stacking up uh, heap items and stuff. Yes, but you know he's he's hanging in there. He's okay. He's okay, but not okay. <laughs> <laughs> was it that he had said in the previous episode? Like, ah, uh, I know I'm not right, but I'm not wrong. Right, that was a good one. Yeah, he's more all right now. He's definitely in a better headspace for sure he's at least receptive but you yes. know what let's let's take it back to the beginning of the episode because the beginning of the episode starts off not with morgan at all we take no. a little tiny little break yes. to get a monologue from our new fear the walking dead character yep. mm-hmm. john dory it's a very interesting character yeah give me your initial impressions because i'm very curious because you know how i feel about uh garrett dillahunt to me it's like i definitely got this cowboy gunslinger sort of vibe and it was kind of interesting at first because I was like, wow, he really is sort of, I guess, been away from civilization for a little bit that he's just sort of like monologuing here, you know, because yeah, like he doesn't even, place. right, because he doesn't even know who he's really talking to at that moment. <laughs> sort of like, I hear something, I hear somebody, so I'm gonna, hey, who is this? And then just kind of goes into full on dissertation mode. Yeah, so, you know, I might as well. I mean, I used to talk to myself.
yourself. But that's the, that's what's really interesting. And I didn't write this down, so mm-hmm. lucky you. Mm. Uh, <laughs> what I didn't realize until much later is that John Dory and Morgan Jones have both gotten used to isolation. That's a good point. It seems like another factor that would bring them together. It is a good point. They've been on their own for some time. Yeah. So I think it's kind of fitting that these two just find whatever, find whatever they're looking for, I guess, together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Not only is he out of place, he's just so casual in this, da- yes. in this dangerous world. Yes, he's very cavalier. Yeah. Just like, just talking to a guy who might mm-hmm. kill him, fine, yeah. sure. No fear. No fear of The Walking Dead. No. Nope. Uh, nope, not at all. He's obviously lonely, but he still doesn't really prevent him from reaching out to a walker and give, right. him, a, give him a nice squeeze. Yeah. Yeah, it's just—he's just a very strange person for 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 this sort of uh, world. Sort exactly these kind of circumstances. So, and that's the first thing I noticed about him. You will see guys that are just obviously crazy, mm-hmm. but this guy isn't that. And no. I, I guess you know you don't find nice guys with a sense of humor. Not even that, like just strange fellows. Mm-hmm. They, they just get eaten up right away. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. I love the little. Uh, I haven't talked in a little while. Mm-hmm. I, been trying to say these words and I like the sound of platypus platypus pasta <laughs> potable it's a very interesting guy yeah ppp by the way so there's there's your link to heath oh, have God. at that there you go <laughs> well maybe loop back around if you if let lightning that strikes permeate, you let that permeate there in my head okay that's fine all right it's going down heath is not on the walking dead heath i repeat he's is on, not on the walking dead he will be on fear. fear he is on fear we will see him on fear <laughs> Mobilize all command vehicles to <laughs> assault him at Austin. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. So, yeah, there's no link, I guess, to uh, Judith unless she starts going west, too, now. So, separate story arcs. Separate story two. arcs. Yeah, there you have it. Yeah, and if you haven't caught episode 16 yet, we reference that at, at the end of the episode. So, just to kind of clue just you in FYI. on that. Yeah, alternate endings for <laughs> <laughs> episode 16, the season finale of The Walking Dead, uh, season 8. So one can only hope. Yeah. So apparently John Dory in his long ass cool monologue, too, isn't it? Yeah, I, I like it too. Like just he again, out of place kind of person, mm-hmm. odd name, odd person. Yeah. Gunslinger. Clearly, it looks like he was maybe once like a rodeo yes. gunslinger, you know, target yes. practice dude. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool if that was. Like a showman. It looks like he may have had like a more uh, outlandish cowboy outfit at one point, mm-hmm. you know, and he has his JD in the in the grip kind of gun so i don't think you get guns like that in the real world unless you're kind of like a showman i would think but you know when it comes to anything gun related i always have to give a little disclaimer like i know i know nothing of yeah. guns sorry stamp, stamp it on your forehead i don't stamp know it. i don't I know don't, shit don't know a damn thing so yeah. yeah it's just the impression that i get just seems yeah. Look, these kind of acting grandiose type people mm-hmm. who are in show business, they tend to be kind of strange in general. Wink, quirky. Wink, wink, kind of quirky. Xander Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, which it's is not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's that's not bad. a bad thing. Yeah. No, not it's in the least. Just, you just got to notice it and then it just yeah. right, hits you over the head right away. And you're like, okay, okay, I get it. Quirky. So this strange person, mm-hmm. he goes into this monologue about having met a woman. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wasn't always alone. It sounds to me, and maybe this will get revealed, is that he was holding out in a movie theater. Mm. And he thought he was all alone, but somebody had come to his door or like the theater door, let's just say. And one of the observations that I made throughout the episode is that when he describes this encounter with this woman, uh, whose name I think is Laura, it sounds to me like she didn't really speak. Mm. And the reason why I think that is because he he mentions that in in a way, in context, that it seems like he continued to talk to himself, Mm -hmm. even when she was around, and he kind of had to stop, but he kept her safe and put a roof over her head, but maybe she tried to keep to herself, and then eventually Mm -hmm. they let something happen, and then we don't find out what happened afterwards but he he meant he does mention that it was something he doesn't like to talk about that's so sad mm, that's true yeah and then of course and it still being the beginning of the episode after speaking for like four or five minutes straight he sees what finally was rustling in the woods and it was a walker and immediately yes. does his little cowboy thing a quick draw mm-hmm. and I know, sh- that's kind of cool though it's kind of fun oh yeah little quick draw there's something kind of exciting about somebody like that in the yes. walker apocalypse yeah 
This is what a lot of people had complained about previously about fear. In comparison to The Walking Dead, you had these characters, like literally characters, samurai, a sheriff, a ninja, like you just had these kind of over the top characters and these over the top kind of weapons that was just sort of like, oh, that's so cool, you know? And I think that a guy like John Dory, first of all, the name, the gunslinging, the the delivery, like when he goes to get his weapon. I mean, it's all just so, I mean, honestly, it's just fun. It's yeah. just, it's yeah. just cool. I can see how in a comic book, this is way more... It's very comic book it, it draws out the character. It, it lets you figure out who they are mm-hmm. right away or what yeah. they can do mm-hmm. without much effort. Right. You know, it hadn't occurred to me too, like uh, that each each person kind of had their own little specialty. If this was like an action figure or like a, just a no-name action figure, you could just see who they were based on what equipment came with the package. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we are just doing expository on what these characters are like in real life and 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 how they feel. And then I it just doesn't occur to me. Oh yeah, they do kind of start off as kind of caricatures. Yeah, and then eventually they became more developed them with more depth to them but it's also fun yeah and we'll get to the journalist soon i guess yeah also eventually and her her cool ass swat car you know swat van right (laughs) yeah i mean that was pretty cool mobile swat unit yeah man (laughs) oh boy she was like a video game character to me yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, this whole thing kind of felt like a sort of sad video game <laughs> right. in a weird way. Right. Because I mean, the was... characters were kind of not plain. You no. didn't get too deep. No, not yet at least. But the scenes were deep. The scenes were deep. It was very post-apocalyptic, bleak environment. But the characters were very vivid video game kind of caricature-ish, which isn't bad. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's 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 a very different vibe. Yeah, sure. it, it feels like this was the intro to a video game like, yes. like one of those new type of story type video games yes i could yeah. see that choose a path uh, mm-hmm. do you hit him with stick <laughs> oh God. or do you walk away he says leave me alone <laughs> it's, it is it's very it's, it's totally like that yeah yeah and so the next episode is basically when you start playing so. yeah there you go <laughs> which is technically true that's how it is with a lot of these games <laughs> yeah not that i would know yeah so this is the demo <laughs> screen <laughs> And then, you know, the next the next episode is where is we start actual, getting into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, clearly, because this is what I've been telling a lot of friends who watch The Walking Dead, who, who want to try to get into Fear the Walking Dead. I tell them, don't wait. Watch just season four, episode one. Do it. Because the entire episode, again, is is all these new characters plus Morgan, whom, whom you're used to. Right. So just do it. Just you, do it. Just get into it. Just jump right in. Yeah. For the continuity alone, fine. But I'm not even talking about that. It's a mm-hmm. good standalone episode. Yeah, I Which agree. I didn't expect. At all. Oh, really? You yeah, when, when we were talking about it, I was like, oh, you know, you should watch it. You should judge it on its own right. And I was like, you know, I support that. And like, I didn't even have to do that because this episode does have its own uh, set of legs to yeah. stand on. Mm-hmm. No, I agree completely. Yeah. We started talking about the heaps and how long he was there. And right. one of the things I wanted to talk about were the people who came in. Who came in, yeah. To try to get, get him to come back. And all the various reasons that some of it overlaps, like a Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, By the way, speaking of Venn diagrams, you know that the... Did you see the episode of Talking Dead with Stephen Ogg? And there was like a new super fan there and she had a book. Oh, also. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you know, had, you know, we're friends and, with her on Instagram. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> I, I loved her because she showed her notebook and she had Venn diagrams. Like that's Colored how paper, I think, yeah. too. Colored paper. Mm-hmm. Pencil. I don't remember. Her notes definitely rivaled Yvette Nicole Brown's. For sure. For yeah, sure. I was like, wow, man. I'm impressed. Yeah, totally impressed. Speaking of Venn diagrams, the reasons Carol, Rick, and I think Jesus? Jesus come, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's all the same. Come back with us. Yeah, you yeah. saved us, mm-hmm. etc. We start off with Carol. Yes. You know, she comes in. She says, you know, you know who I am. I know who you are. And you belong with people who care about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Rick comes in. And the one takeaway line, and I think it's said later on in the episode, is you can hide but you can't run. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he mentioned how grateful he is when he saved him in season one. You're right. Uh, I think episode one, right? Yeah, yeah. And if it wasn't for him, he wouldn't even be able to save everybody in the last Recent month. Memory. Yeah. yeah. It's all owed to you. You were the one who took a chance. Yeah. 
in spite of, you know, you had your son there, you know, you didn't know who I was. Yeah, he didn't know who he was. He didn't have to save him. Yeah. And, you know, don't waste time. Come back. You know, Be a part of the world. Mm-hmm. You're part of the world already. Yeah. You, you'll find your way back to it because it, it'll find its way back to you. And boy, was he right. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously. The reason why I even mentioned this, because we could easily go past this and just treat it as a sort of transition period. But all of the things that these people have said, mm-hmm. even Carol, you, mm-hmm. know, you, you belong with people who care about you. I can easily see this episode as a chance for Morgan to start a friendship or who knows you never know it might be a relationship with some of the people on Fear the Walking Dead with a clean slate the ability to maybe keep his head forge like a new loving or friendship relationship Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that will be the people that he loves and cares about so instead of doing it here he does it somewhere else Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in in fact I, I don't even know why I didn't write this down but what Jesus says is you can do what you're doing here being a part it doesn't really matter where you are you can do closer to us be a part but be surrounded by the people people you love and I love that because he kind of just took his advice and started running, literally. Yeah, <laughs> just ran away. Yeah, I'm going to do what I'm doing somewhere completely different. <laughs> yeah. Rick's thing, though, is more of a you'll see later on kind of thing. You can hide, but you can't run. Clearly, he was wrong about the running part. Yeah. Uh, but the expression holds true. Just don't waste time to be a part of the world. I don't think he wasted time at all. In fact, him running away was kind of like a catalyst almost. Uh, I think so. I'm yeah. sure he was running for a long time, but... It, yeah, logistically speaking, yes. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure this out from a, logi- from a logistics standpoint. I was like, okay, we were in Virginia, so... Yeah. So if you do it, and he actually... It's funny, uh, near the end, he kind of does spell out his journey. Uh, first I ran, then I walked, then I took a car until that gave out, and then I took another car, and then I walked some more. Yeah. I can easily say it, it probably took him at least four days, if not a whole week. Right. To do yeah. what he did. Yeah. That's the thing, though. It's just that Rick's words were right, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. think he ran, but he ran into another situation where the yeah, world is sure. just, it just, it's like Morgan is this sponge or vacuum. People will rush in because he's obviously a good guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, you see this in the episode. In fact, when he's on his journey, he sees that Jeep Grand Wagoneer kind of Something, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a notable because it's, it's like a tan color with like the wood panel on the side. Yeah. Uh, with the fat ass wheels. And mm-hmm. inside the four by four is this guy who right. is obviously sick or hurt yeah, and yeah. or hurt. Mm-hmm. And Morgan right away, just without saying anything, because it's still Morgan, he still does wants to avoid people, but he still can't help himself from mm-hmm. saving people and helping yeah. people. He starts to leave equipment like gauze and mm-hmm. uh, like alcohol and some food. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, he's basically, fuck off, keep your shit mm-hmm. to yourself. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And, and the one thing that he says, and it's something that that Morgan repeats later on in the episode, we're always alone. Mm. And he repeats this later on in the episode uh, when he tries to talk to uh, John Dory. Mm-hmm. As he talks to him later on. But yeah, shuts the door. And, and basically, he sees this vehicle near the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And the guy ends up being a walker. And it's just something that he has a hard time with. When he confirms that it's the guy that was in the car shivering, yeah. he just simply has to go after it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just one of those things. He just can't avoid being who he is. Yeah. And that is kind of like the hatch of a spaceship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the spaceship and like the vacuum is rushing and the world is rushing in yeah no for, absolutely in the journey going west you do see the sign of texas on the floor mm-hmm. yeah, so it's kind of like there's no uh illusions about where he where actually he is, is. You know, yeah. there's no guessing games <laughs> Uh, we are in the state of Texas. The, the Lone Star State. The Lone Star State, yeah. <laughs> After the monologue thing, obviously because we're jumping around in time, it starts off with John Dory, goes back to the heaps, and then right. him running, and then it goes back to that scene with John Dory where he's basically trying to convince him to stay. First he asks him if he wants, does he want some beans? I got some beans too. That's what cowboys eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially movie theater cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then barring that, because of course Morgan's refusing, he just kind of wants to move on at this point. 
Uh, and again, Morgan can't help save John Dory. Mm-hmm. It's a common theme. He just can't yeah. keep to himself. He just got to help people out, even though he doesn't, doesn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. But yeah, so he proceeds to offer him candy, John Dory. And this is like a repeating thing. He's like grandma with the Werther's chocolate yes. or something. Yeah. <laughs> Werther's candy. Yeah. Werther's original. That's what it was. Yes, right? yes. Uh, it's just so goddamn cute. It's, it just, it's just so Garrett Dillahunt. Just, I'm, I'm just in love with this guy. Seriously. I can tell. New man crush. Yeah, it's he. He plays in equal parts good guys and bad guys on television shows, like on sci-fi okay. series and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just everything that he does, I'm just into. Just very into. He's just does a good southern accent too. So I don't know why he, he didn't does. do more of that. Yeah, he does have a good southern accent. Yeah, he's done it a lot too in other roles. So go Is figure. Is he southern or no? I don't know. I, I I should look him up. But when he's speaking, his speaking voice is just it's, it's very it's fine. Know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's American. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, just, it's just a regular American accent. Very nondescript. Well, nondescript. Thank you. That's the better word. <laughs> I like to write. <laughs> <laughs> nondescript. Nondescript. <laughs> So in spite of Morgan's constant refusals, the one thing that gets him to stay is basically, look, uh, you've been probably traveling for a very long time. You said you were back east. You could stay at the back in the flatbed. I'll stay in the front with the cab. It looks like you could just use a a good night of sleep, man. Yeah. And uh, cut to the next scene with John Dory snoring. (laughs) And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I could not sleep in that. Does Eddie snore? Yes, he does. Yes. Oh, boy. So I I use earplugs. Oh, boy. How do you do? Does that work? Yes, it works phenomenally. Phenomenally. But But the nice thing about earplugs is that I, I don't know how, but earplugs basically muffle certain sounds not necessarily all which is good because you know I need to hear certain things so it's not like my alarm goes off and I'm not going to hear it because I have earplugs in but for whatever reason like the the sound of a snore that is somehow muffled by them I don't know why but I guess certain maybe because an alarm has more of a shrill rather than like um, a snore that has more of like a vibration to it I don't know like well like a bassier sound probably right right. it's funny that I brought this up for some reason (laughs) I've reached the stage in my life, and I don't know why it is, that where I just, it could be the podcast. I'm just, let me just throw it out there. I've been editing till like sometimes six o'clock in the morning. Uh, but you know, if I'm lucky for, oh <laughs> yeah, what will happen is I have an alarm that I, I I've been using and is pretty trustworthy and uh-huh. it's just stopped working. Really? Yeah. I just, I can't wait, wait, get up. You, you should get clocky. Oh, the vibrating bed one thing, whatever. It's the one that the law school student invented and it, it has wheels on it. But the idea oh. is that you're allowed to snooze it once. If it goes mm. off a second time and you snooze it, it will roll itself off of whatever it's on and go around the room like screaming bloody murder. <laughs> and you have to basically get out of bed and chase that thing down. Oh, man. That's insane. <laughs> well, insane. It, some, pe- some people have invented an app, or I'm sure there are several apps out there that you actually have to solve a puzzle to get it to mute. Oh, God. No, I'm not in the mental state for that. Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah, but then, you know, in the act of trying to get it to snooze, your brain is already pumping the, the uh, yeah. was it adrenaline to right there's a certain chemical that wakes you up i basically. get it in theory in yeah. theory it makes a lot of sense however <laughs> i do not want to be trying to figure out how to turn off my alarm at 6 30 in the morning when i'm already like tired <laughs> well do you snooze uh i i do i <laughs> i set my alarm to psychologically speaking give myself some time to kind of mentally prepare myself so yeah. it's that for a certain time knowing full well that i probably won't get out of bed until 20 minutes later so it's (laughs) like all right i have to kind of buffer that in however i have noticed that and this could be age it could be (laughs) staying up late working on things Mm -hmm. if i am getting less than five hours of sleep for example the alarm could go off and subconsciously i will wake up and turn it off and go back to sleep oh yeah and and i could oversleep that's another thing i've been doing too yes subconsciously like i have no recollection of it going of it going off and me turning it off but clearly it it will happen so yeah that's it's not good no bueno not at all yeah and and then you wake up and it's kind of like your body does kind of naturally wake up at certain times right i I will wake up half an hour before i'm supposed to be in work i know i'm gonna be late looks (sighs) like i'm working from home again guys oh god Uh, hey then i'm early 
<laughs> said, I'm early. How about that, guys? I'm early, bitches. And then, you know, you still go back to sleep. Oh, no. Yeah, Don't do that. Work. Yeah, it's... Ugh. It's yeah. rough. It's 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 rough. It's not easy, you know. So now I definitely know that I have to be pretty mindful of that. I can't get away with just snoozing, snoozing, and then being like, "Oh yeah, I'm up. I'm okay." No, I can't do that anymore. No, you're, you're not there. You're you're, no. you're done. You're done. Yeah, I'm, do- yeah, I'm done. Put I can't you do back that in the smoker. Just you know, I'm put me out to pasture. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> can't you, do that. you old heifer and heifer yeah so speaking of snoring i <laughs> uh, can't can't do it anymore yeah neither could morgan neither could morgan so i can make himself make this guy feel bad about himself he pulled uh, a carol i feel like carol does things like yeah that. yeah that's that's a good that's a good observation yeah he does that Oh, I don't want to bother ezekiel uh, i'll just you know just leave i don't want to bother tobin i'm gonna leave him in the middle of the night <laughs> She did that with Tobin. She did. That's true. That's true. She did. Oh, my God. It's, it's yeah, a the recurring par- theme. It's a recurring theme, the parallels. I see where Morgan got it from. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Carol, she slept over that one night, but she she slipped out in the middle of the night. Yeah, just call me Angel of the Morning. Yep. That was a good tactic. I think I'll borrow it. I think I'll borrow that tactic. <laughs> On my travels. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, does not want to get involved with anybody, so he slips out. Yeah. Yep, and just like Rick says, as soon as he's mm-hmm. far enough away from John Dory, just life finds its way back to him, yeah. and he gets ambushed trying to scavenge an abandoned campsite, which is just obviously it's, it wasn't obviously a trap, but it was it was a trap. There was like was a lantern a that was on, and that looked really creepy. Like, oh, who's here? Somebody here? Why yeah. is the lamp on? Uh, I might as well look in this thing anyway. And <laughs> karate man, you some like sort a- of karate man. <laughs> Love the sound of that. I know. It's it's just so Texas. <laughs> it's 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 Texas and just, you know, and again, comic booky, you know? <laughs> it just is, you know. Karate man. Yeah. When you don't have to worry about political correctness, you can <laughs> No, we're in Texas. Karate man. It's like, can you imagine? It's post-apocalypse Texas. For God's sake. Post-apocalypse Texas. Uh, So that was really bad. (laughs) Not cutting it, though. If it wasn't PC before, certainly not now. Oh. Certainly not now. Against Texas, I'm just saying. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, Texas is a big state. Let's just put it that way. It's a huge state. It is. Not everybody's the same. It's like saying all New Yorkers are rude. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. If, if you really get to know a New Yorker, you wouldn't say that. No. Yeah. We just, we just, yeah, we got shit to do. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> How mm-hmm. rude. <laughs> no. It is not rude. We're uh, just focused. That's yeah. all. <laughs> We're just focused. We just got to get to where we need to go. We just need to get to where we need to go. We don't have That's time all. to help out people who are in trouble. So no, no, we, no hey, we do. We do. We do. New Yorkers are the f- among the friendliest of people. It's true. It's true. We, we just I, like, and you know what I've noticed? It's the consequence of us being real friendly people is that sometimes you'll get that one guy <laughs> and just will talk. Your, he would just not stop talking to you. And I guess, yeah, when, I guess when I, you're, yeah. in a, I guess when you're a crowded subway a, day in and day out with people mm. all around you mm-hmm. that when you when you as soon as you get to talk to a stranger i guess you just can't shut the hell up so. yeah some people are chatty some people are chatty chatty nancy's and i like that you know yeah yeah i'm not saying that's a good or bad thing it's a bad thing uh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. so yeah fan. karate man yeah <laughs> Karate man. I, yeah. Yeah. And, and Morgan does try to get himself out of it, but not before JD, baby, just walks in and says, get your hands off my friend. I'm like, oh, God, I was trying to tell them that I have nobody to tell, man. And he's like, yep, no, that's my friend. That's my I, boy. And I need to move on. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Oh. It's like, you didn't realize we're friends. Screwed the pooch. We're friends. Uh, so, yeah. So now we have the karate man and the gunslinger side by side. Love it. I love that. That's uh, caricaturized your observation of caricaturizing mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so we find out that the guy who is who's captured him is named leland very texas i call the group leland and the pilferers like a ba- <laughs> like a band it does sound like a band it's <laughs> really funny actually yeah and then they're both in a mess basically because this guy leland he's no schmuck yeah he's got yeah. i think that's the first time i use schmuck on this show <laughs> Yeah, that is the first time. If they only knew what it meant. First uh, time for everything. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're no schmucks. They got guys on the rooftops. They got guys all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they they were yeah, they were ready. Shit's tight. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, lucky for them, I guess, maybe. I don't know. 
Althea comes in. Seems like a yes. good guy. Good guy. Yeah. 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 Comes in, drives in with a modified SWAT vehicle. Like That thing was so damn cool. Yeah. Sorry. It, it, doesn't it look different than like an actual yeah. SWAT vehicle? Yeah. Well, because it, was, it wasn't just a SWAT vehicle. It was like... You know what it was? It was a cross between a SWAT vehicle and the Batmobile, the Christopher <laughs> Nolan Batmobile specifically. <laughs> that's basically what it was. It was a cross between those two, and that's what made it so cool. That's wow. what. It, that's exactly what it was. Well, yeah. I was thinking more like Star Wars almost because it looked like one of those just those small pot, like Star Wars meets Star Trek meets uh, just a SWAT vehicle. They. It like like a pod style body mm-hmm. with the with like a like with a diagonal front so that you can get over curbs easily that sort of thing you know mm-hmm. yeah so I don't I just look, it looked a little too military sci fi military to me oh see for me it was Christopher Nolan's Batman <laughs> hey close enough the guy yeah. is a, a total sci fi nerd so yeah yeah why not so I thought it was super cool yeah yeah that thing and, was awesome and she looks super cool She's a she does badass too. haircut sweeping yeah. haircut yeah and no, I thought like she she reminded me there's a character my husband Eddie plays a particular video game and there's a character that looks very similar to her and I immediately, immediately thought of that when I saw her her look was very much like this character like Silent Hill maybe or like no, one of those he, zombie shoot em no he plays Overwatch oh okay okay well so you do know the name of the <laughs> Oh, I know. I know the name of the game. I know the game. I know the game very well. Oh, I think and, these people, our listeners, are. I think most of them are gonna know Overwatch. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yes. He's a very. That is his game. But I don't know the name of the character specifically. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair but enough. When I, but when I saw her, I immediately thought of this character in that game because she had that same look, same hair, even the clothes. It was just that same sort of look. Again, we, we go back to the video game analogy. She does yeah, look like a playable character. That's what I mean. It, there was that sort of quality to it. To me, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is great. Karate because, Man, Gunslinger, and the uh, yeah, Overwatch I mean, uh, person the Overwatch, shooting people. You know what? I'm gonna find out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna text you a photo like yeah. this. I'll find it. Trust Do me. it, and then I'll just include it in the notes. Okay. <laughs> D- <laughs> Done. 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 <laughs> Done. Don't worry. You'll have it within like 45 minutes. <laughs> I will find it. I'll find it. Yeah. So it looks like Althea comes in mm-hmm. and you're not quite sure what's going on. No. You th- yeah. They obviously know about each other, her and the pilferers. Right. Yes. And definitely. and she starts this dialogue with him. He like, And she, she apparently does like new people. I mm-hmm. like new people. Mm-hmm. And she wants them. And she's willing to trade for them. And Leland not looking too hot he, he's noticing her he's like she's crazy what is she gonna do next that kind of thing like and mm-hmm. meanwhile we don't know what's up no and all of a sudden and he mentions is your hand by the lever and she yes, goes, yes and it pans to it he's like yep and uh all at once she pulls it and the side panel of the, of the SWAT vehicle opens up and it's like these automated yes like tracking machine guns these sweeping it was like, amazing automatic cannons yeah. <laughs> so it looked like G.I. Joe okay yeah yeah this, so I, I think there's going to be some merchandising involved for kids, <laughs> probably for adults. Let's, let's probably. Be, be clear. I, I would hope so. So many. I feel like adults collect this stuff more than kids now. Oh, yeah. Am I wrong? No, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> I have a Negan figurine on my desk. There you go. There you go. It, it is. It's a lot of it. It's more for adults than actually kids. Okay. And see, here's the thing that's aging me. And I, I, I don't know if it's age or if it's, it's a little bit of both. Patience okay. and age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how I'm losing it. I oh, tried gosh. to join something like Loot Crate, and Loot Crate, if you've never heard of it, is mm-hmm. a, it's one of the it's one of the first box products. And what a box product yeah. is, is a subscription box. Oh, okay, subscription uh, subscription services. Yeah, they they, they 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 box up a bunch of tchotchkes, sometimes mm-hmm. a cop- tchotchkes. What I'm so New Yorker. It's- <laughs> no, it's a, I, I knew what that meant. I assume yeah. everybody knows what that means. You're, see, that's the thing. I don't know. But anyway. That's like when I say not for nothing and people yeah. are like, what? Yeah, not for nothing, but there was a lot of loot in this uh, box. It's, like, it's usually like, like just things, you know? These, yeah. Mm-hmm. These okay. like, like, oh, a coin from the video game or a, mm-hmm. a comic book. Or t- most of the times it's a, there's a t-shirt. Okay. And the boxes okay. ro- revolve around a theme. So I collected okay. it for like five or six months, maybe. Okay. All right. And I started realizing something. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of shit. <laughs> 
Well, you have to be selective with stuff. I don't have a ton of figurines or anything like that. But I will say that when it comes to home, I definitely try to minimize that. So when I'm at home, like yeah. my de- my work desk at home has one figurine, which is a, ne- a Negan figurine, <laughs> and that is it. That's it's all odd. I have. Yeah, it's, definitely. That's it. Now, when I'm at it's work- like your spirit animal, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's my spirit animal right there. But when I'm at I work, I have no- a lot, but I feel like at work, it's maybe like it, it's it's more motivational to have these things around. So at work, I've got candles, I've got little zombie figurines, I got pencils that have sayings from the movie Clueless on them. I mean, it's, it's a potpourri <laughs> of awesome. stuff at work, like it really is. But it's conversation starters, and it, it adds a little a little something a little to flair another flair for your office. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, because I feel like in a sterile office environment, it's okay because otherwise it's just a sterile office environment. But yeah. at home, yeah, I don't necessarily want to clutter my my house with all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You already have to deal with your kids' toys. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so. so it's like, why would I want to deal with my own? Right. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what happened to me because you don't really have a choice of what comes in. It's just all a surprise. Right. It ended up being, I would get things that I really didn't really care for. Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. things than I cared about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it was like a t-shirt of the month club i still wouldn't do it because at, at a certain point my wife i don't need i don't need any more t- you don't need any more t-shirts yeah, yeah. probably would flip out like I why had, i had like two full drawers full of just t-shirts two like, full drawers that's a lot big ass IT, ikea drawers so that's, yeah that's a lot yeah <laughs> Speed up to the future. I actually have now only one drawer. I don't know how That's I did significant. it. Significant. I really don't know how. I only took out. I I but made you know me one stack, but I made it happen for some. But reason. you know what? Sometimes you actually, if you take a moment and you go through all that stuff, you start you you start to realize that wait a second, I haven't worn this since like 1998. So yeah. really, like, mm. is there any reason why I really should keep holding on to this? I did that one day and I cleaned house. I have a pile of clothing on my in my bedroom floor that I need to bring over to Salvation Army that I just basically cleared out. I was like, I'm not going to use any of this. And sometimes it also gives you this misconception that you have more than you actually do. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you just have a lot of stuff. But I mean, do you use any of that stuff? That's true. And actually, midway into our Squawking Dead extravaganza, I actually moved during That's the break. Right. After, yes. Right after episode eight. Yes, you did. I've moved before. It's, mm-hmm. I think we all have. But right. we all have. this move was just painful. I, I just oh, can't recall a more painful time moving. Because really, in the course of seven and a half years, I collected so much stupid stuff uh, furniture yeah. that okay uh, this is going to kind of give you insight into who i am i would find furniture on the street sometimes. Oh, no i dumpster dive all the time like let's be clear like there's nothing wrong with dumpster diving <sighs> This happens here where we live now in sunny Miami, Florida, <laughs> where, you know, we, there's a certain day in our area where they pick up bulk trash furniture or, or anything that's considerable that doesn't fit in a trash can. There's gotcha. a certain day out of the month that they pick that stuff up. So you leave it on the curb for them to pick it up. So on the eve of when they're picking it up, that is the time <laughs> that me and my beloved husband like to do a little drive through. That is and crazy. I love kinda, you guys. And kind of see what people put out. Take because me with you. <laughs> the best stuff. No, because it's true. I mean, like, n- yeah, no, no shame in that whatsoever. Oh, I've, I've, I've done that before where I've gotten pieces of furniture. Actually, we we found a piece of furniture like that, like an old antique chair that we have in our, gar- in our garage right now that I would, my goal is to reupholster it because I've seen amazing things. As long as the, the, the bones are fine yeah. and you reupholster it, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And once it's in that state, it's worth a lot of money when you think about it. If yeah, it's, it can be, yeah, sure. It can be. I've seen people charge hundreds of dollars sometimes for like these chairs that are you know essentially kind of like an antique it's just been given some life again it's got the etsy effect basically it's it's, you take found things and you glam it up Mm -hmm. you you glitz it up glitz is better because it's something that you would actually want glam not necessarily glam is like necessarily glam yeah glam glam is like delia's (laughs) like the oh my god does delia's exist did i just age myself again oh you know what that's a very good question (laughs) I know, right? Oh, God. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm a guy and I know Delia's I, for some l- reason. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was very popular back in the day when we were in college. They used to send the catalogs around. I yeah. knew a lot of girls. I never got anything from Delia, but I knew girls who got the catalogs in the mail and they order things. So right. That's for what those I say. who don't know, Delia's is like a I wouldn't say women's accessory store. It was I would say it was like a juniors <laughs> kind of mail yeah. order catalog of clothes. It was that time frame of late nineties, early two thousands, lots of baby doll dresses. Yeah. When I think Courtney Love during the nineties, it was like that kind of look but polished. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, getting back to the uh, <laughs> merchandising SWAT vehicle, by yes, the way. Very cool. Toys for adults. Yeah. You find out that she does have this automatic machine gun system. She has this hold over this gang. She's probably had it over them for a while. She right. doesn't really abuse it. She doesn't try to force them to give her what she wants. Mm-mm. She just uses it as a kind of leverage. Hey, I just do using this so we can have a fair deal. And she's actually borderline begging these guys to remit these two gentlemen, the karate yeah. man and the gunslinger, over yeah. to her because she wants yeah. to. Because we find out later on, she wants to interview them. Yeah, she was a journalist. Yeah, like what do you want? What do you want from us? And uh, yeah, and basically when it goes down, she does it. Uh, they they hand him over, and um, you know, I guess they get their uh, cup of noodles with ki- kimchi on top. I guess mm. Korean cup of noodles, nice uh, and smokes. It's more than a fair deal. I more say more than a fair deal because I, I, I'm kind of hungry for that right now. Um, that, that sounds very good. Yeah, and the smokes wouldn't hurt after the cup of noodles. There you uh, go. <laughs> You do find out that Althea or Al is a journalist. Mm-hmm. And again, Morgan kind of points this out pretty quickly. He's like, what is this? What are you, why? Right. Journalists in the in the aftermath of the apocalypse? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It's kind of a waste of time. But then you start to realize that both John Dory and uh, Althea, they're both kind of these odd, displaced, weird characters mm-hmm. in the apocalypse that have somehow yeah. made somehow it. Somehow made it, somehow survived. Yeah. Yeah. It's like their own mini Alexandria. (laughs) How did these people survive? How did these guys make it this long? Yeah. And so, resourcefulness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know how Althea did it, but yeah, yeah. JD, I guess. And again, mm-hmm. I think it's a movie theater. You know, the popcorn references, and at the end, I guess uh, the popcorn socks he gives to Morgan. Yeah, you know, not worth having to mention again. But yeah, it, it's just all these movie theater themes and the candy. Mm-hmm. When she's far enough away, she does do the interviews. She tackles John Dory first because obviously he's pretty easy. He likes to talk. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. He's he has no problem with that. No. Before they even actually get to the interview, yes, they drive by this set of buildings and they make a remark about the flag on top of the buildings, the 51 number. Ah, uh, yes, the flag, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so... 51... Hmm. Yeah, we find out that you know later on that it's these. It feels like there's a bunch of buildings in this world in, in Fear of the Walking Dead that ha- that they're just filled with walkers and have like a, a random number on them. Hmm. Yeah. So and this is going to come up because you do see this again in the sneak peeks. There's another number on another building, right? Uh, and that number is like four fifty seven. So hmm. is is it the number of walkers? It seems hmm. like a video game in a way. Oh, there's fifty. <laughs> this is difficulty fifty one. There's fifty one oh, yeah. walkers here to deal with <laughs> so, I know right so I'm wondering yeah they, they, there's something odd about this and who's doing this and who's behind this or is it the military and mm-hmm. I, you know you could you can create theories and all that stuff oh yeah for sure yeah just something to keep note of because we do come back to these buildings and as Althea is interviewing JD he does go into the story which I actually went through earlier Morgan just it says again just does not see the point there are no news stations uh, and he tries to get out of it too actually to the mm-hmm. point where he's giving her foods like please just let me go. I need to go. Mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. Before they can really do anything about that, Leland the Pilfers, they're, they're on the case again. Yeah. yeah. And I don't get it too. Like what is, what is up with this dude? Yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just leave well enough alone? Right. Right. I don't know what their, their deal is that they have to keep pushing. Yeah. But it, com- it becomes increasingly clear the kind of people these, these guys are. Something that I think Althea mentions or some people have mentioned is that this region of Texas, wherever they are, it seems to be that there's not a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. It may just be Althea and these guys. Althea's roving around in this truck that probably takes a lot of gas, by the way. So I don't yeah, know how she's dealing with yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that is definitely a gas guzzler right there. Yeah, yeah. And so these guys are getting pretty hungry, it seems. They're running out of stocks. I can easily see a situation where these guys are just really trying to not only get by, but they need some sort of advantage. Right. And maybe they want to make it further out 
out, but they can't. Maybe there's something in this world, in this region of the world, like a boundary of some kind that makes mm-hmm. it dangerous to go beyond this place. Right. So it, that's the reason why you would even ask the question, like, okay, why don't they just leave well enough alone? She's trading people for things you actually not only want, but need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there may be a situation in, in the surrounding area where they can't get out of this area unless they, they just they just go east or something. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yep, we get into this whole scene where these guys have them surrounded again. Yeah. They want to take Morgan's stick and all of a sudden JD goes into a full effect and they start going to like this little gunfight. Yeah. So what we find out during the fight is that there's a point at which Morgan gets shot mm-hmm. uh, trying to get somebody on the on the rooftops of these buildings, the one with the 51 on it. Mm-hmm. And as he's coming up to the guy, the guy takes the flag to try to fight Morgan with his stick and I thought this was the funniest thing in the world. I'm like, mm-hmm. they're, they're not really going to get into like this typical movie stick fight and and what was so great about it is that it was over even before it started yeah <laughs> the guy takes the fl- the 51 flag off the the top of the building and he starts using his stick but morgan just roundly hands it hands his ass to him yeah <laughs> and no and he, time wasted right and he falls off the building basically and yes. at that point sometime during the fight john actually opens one of the doors and walker starts spilling out so yes. this guy's dangling over the side of these small buildings these are very small ranch style buildings and he's dangling and Morgan actually does save him which is contrary to what right, he had yeah. been doing yes uh, typically and and he's going back to this as long as they're alive I will save them you know right and right. The, the pointy end goes to the dead people yes so he lifts the guy up, brings him to the to the rooftop. But as soon as as soon as he helps him, yeah, he, they gee, the guy just decks him again, and yeah. it's kind of like, what is going on here? Why? Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, you saved your life basically. You would have been Walker Walker yeah. me. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then as soon as that happens, crash, crash, crash into the building, crash into the building. Yeah. And, and full of walkers. And yeah. then there's the coolest scene I think I've ever seen on The Walking Dead, or you know these shows, these Walking Dead shows he finds this grenade I, I don't know if it was on morgan or if it was on this guy or something but he finds mm-hmm. a grenade as the other guy is being eaten up by walkers he just shoves yeah. this grenade in another walker pushes it on the pile of bodies that are trying to eat this guy's body mm-hmm. runs into the bathroom jumps into a bathtub and, and he makes this sound it's like ah he's <laughs> like he knows what's coming he knows what's coming and then kablooey uh. like the building just the shock wave in the building and it, it just it's just such a mess and he's like he comes out kind of like a cartoon character <laughs> he's all like charred and he's blowing smoke out of his mouth oh, <laughs> he's like yeah. we, we gotta go <laughs> yeah that was pretty crazy oh yeah Leland almost gets the drop on Althea too mm-hmm. yeah he does almost basically Althea throws the, the keys into this like little tire pot uh, holder of some kind mm-hmm. and the snake kind of jumps out and gets Leland and he still almost gets away but he just can't seem to start the thing or whatever and so he gets thrown out and and the walkers start tearing him apart and yeah but the problem is there's so many walkers and then you kind of finally get to see althea pull the lever of this goddamn machine gun thing yes and it just the john and morgan just take a dive behind the car and it just mows all this horde of walkers yeah down yeah cuts them all down in like a matter of seconds yeah that thing was awesome yeah you can see why these guys had been avoiding trying to basically fuck with her yeah (laughs) so pretty much yeah yeah which again goes back to the whole cartoony character kind of thing like uh, she just pulled a looney tunes lever and a bunch the guns just shot all these things down yeah it's it's just it's just so out of place yeah it's but but i i appreciate it because it's just so weird yeah and it's probably like you said again this is like the preamble this is the cartoony part of yes the show as yes. as we move on we'll start to get into the meat of these characters and start to reveal certain depressing truths that keep us watching yeah in, in agony yep to warm our cold cynical hearts yeah or to cold our warm hopeful hearts yeah yeah <laughs> the, the Stanley Milgram test continues. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Bobby Kirkman. Thanks. <laughs> so we get past the situation. Morgan's leg is still injured. Yes. Obviously. And Althea goes for another round with this guy, you know, try to interview him. Because at that point, look, I saved your life. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So Morgan feels like, okay, I owe her. 
yeah. you know? So he might as well start asking questions. And, and he does pretty well in, all the way until she asks him a very personal mm-hmm. question. He explains how he comes from two settlements, Atlanta and Virginia, mm-hmm. explains his journey, and even has time to mention the kingdom and Shiva. Yeah. yeah. A tiger. How do you forget Shiva? You can't. Yeah. I'm glad they kind of brought that up again because it does sound bananas. Yeah. Our eye- eyeballs kind of popped out of our sockets when we first saw this thing. Yeah. What is this? Who is this king? Why does he have a tiger? What yeah. the... What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I can see that. I can see how in disbelief she is. And he goes on. She basically asks him, you know, why did you go? These people love you and you're surrounded by people you care about. And he goes, I already left before I left. Hmm. You know, I was already gone. Yeah. yeah. But then she wants to try to ask him more questions. And he tries to flip the script. He tries to change the subject. Yeah. You know, what about you? What's your deal? Mm-hmm. And she won't answer the questions. Like, I'm the one answer the, asking I'm the questions. Asking, I'm asking the questions. Yeah, and, and basically, he just goes, well, you know, it's been fun. <laughs> it's been real. It's Not been for real. nothing. Not for nothing, but I got to go. <laughs> it's, that, yeah, it's time. You know, I got to catch a train. Uh, so yeah. he, he, he waddles away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in his typical stubborn Morgan fashion. Yeah. She basically says, tell me one real thing. I, I don't believe this tiger nonsense, but tell me one real thing about your thing. And then he says, it's just the most heartbreaking thing to hear. It's like, as he says, I lose people and then I lose myself. Yeah. yeah but, but it's that at the core, that is what it is. Yeah. You know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is the part where where we were talking about the lonely guy's car, and yes. um, yeah, and he has to follow him, and he's struggling because at that point he's trying to catch up to the guy as he's as he's, he's just walking away, and we don't know what's going on. Uh, he's trying to follow him, mm-hmm. and uh, two walkers from the side of the road are ambling towards him, but he just he can't seem to move fast enough. He's not a very tall guy either. Mm-hmm. You know? so he has like little waddly legs like me. Oh my god! <laughs> but obviously he's a karate man, so he's already better. Karate man. <laughs> So he stumbles down and had it not been for John Dory following him the entire time with Althea, he would have been a goner for yeah, sure. For sure, yeah. yeah. So much for uh, I don't die. Yeah, right. <laughs> that all went out the window. Yeah, maybe when you're in clear mode, but now now you're with us down here in the shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, nope, doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. So eventually he's like, I just got to know. I, I need to find out if this guy is okay. And John's like, okay, hold your horses, hold your horses. Yeah. And he's like, you know, give me your backpack. And something I like about that scene is that instead of trying to convince Morgan, dude, you're not in the shape to really go after this guy. And not only that, he could have found out for himself what this guy this lonely guy was or if he was okay not he enables morgan to do it yeah something very noteworthy he takes the backpack he does like a fireman carry and and they mm-hmm. walk together mm-hmm. and they find out that the lonely guy he, he turned yeah and uh you know he takes him out and not only does he do that i found this very touching he took him out and then morgan decides to bury him that is very touching yeah it's not something that you would typically think of doing for a complete stranger no not at all what do you think is going on in his mind when what's going on with him why does he go out of his way for this stranger what does it mean to him it's not for him, even yeah. though he didn't want his care. Right. He did. Morgan's not devoid of feelings and wanting to care for people. He wants to. It's just that every time he does, he loses them and then he loses himself. Right, right. But think about it, though. He's ended other walkers mm-hmm. and he didn't bury all those other Building 51 walkers. No, no. So what what makes this guy special? You know, if you why? cared for him, like, I feel like you would bury him. That's part of the caring for him, yeah. I would think. Yeah, I guess so. But I think there, there's something more to that i guess i asked a rhetorical question <laughs> what do you think Dave? what do you think no here's what i think no forget it carol <laughs> like no this is what i'm saying here no I, I i have an inkling but it's it's more of i think he identifies with him in a way it's more of like True. no that's a good point yeah I, it's like i don't want to get have to get to this to future, get to this point yeah right? like maybe there is a level lower mm-hmm. than where i'm at now yeah like there is i haven't found the bottom yet and maybe i don't want to yeah yeah you don't want to end up like this guy yeah isn't it funny with the last couple episodes when
when we've been talking about Rick and Morgan and those scenes together, the one thing that we notice is that Morgan is like the ghost of Christmas future for Rick. Yes. Rick is noticing, oh, yeah, we did some bad things. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think I need to stop. I need to get off this crazy train. And get off the crazy train, man. So when Morgan sees this guy, and you know, obviously you see the guy, he can't seem to not want to help people. That's fine. Mm -hmm. As much as he wants to stay away from them, but when he sees him right in front of his face, he just can't help it. But this particular guy wants to be left alone, and he agrees with him, like, we're all alone. Right. But but at the same time, to be in such a state that, you know, as you're alone, as you're sick, as you're not well, to just not have anybody. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that Morgan has, it's not that he's taken it for granted. But at the beginning of the episode, he's by himself in the heaps. Yeah. And he yeah. is, even though he's not near the people he loves, mm-hmm. they're nearby. Yeah. Yeah. And even though he can't, he feels like he can't be around them, maybe for what he did to Henry in the season finale, afraid of what he might do to people he loves when he's around. Yeah. yeah. Lose, being, having lost himself. Right. Yeah. He still needs people. I think this establishes the path that Morgan has to go on. Mm-hmm. I think even if he doesn't realize it at the moment mm-hmm. that, he, that he's burying this guy, yeah. he's burying it for a reason that he may not even be aware of is that he's burying himself. Yeah. His or, older, the, of that version of himself. Yeah. Or that, that possible future version that that mm-hmm. that darker deeper what could have what could be yeah that possible yeah. lower level yeah you know, yeah sure why end up like this guy why no. end up with nobody no no and so I, I think it's kind of the ultimate kindness actually it's funny it's being brought up because jews say that the <laughs> ultimate good deed that you can do is to just basically bury somebody to, mm. to speak nicely of people who've passed mm-hmm. and so morgan does the ultimate kindness you know because yeah. you don't get anything in return no exactly that's true you know when you take care of the dead they're they're Mm -hmm. dead there's just nothing there right so I, i think it's very touching it is i think so i wholeheartedly agree with that statement yeah so we're at that point near the end of the episode Mm-hmm. and they're driving off after doing this good thing it seems like jd is sticking with althea because his car wouldn't start mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> sure. valid reason sure valid, <laughs> valid, valid reason. reason valid reason and it looks like morgan finally takes jd's candy he doesn't eat it but he takes it at the very he least takes it. yeah it takes it it's baby steps <laughs> yeah but jo- uh, john basically says something that i thought was pretty interesting and it, it just gives you a little bit more about the character and despite his outlandish look <laughs> <laughs> and mm-hmm. his peculiar behavior peculiar. And, and words. Yes. He does say something about finding Laura, finding Dory, finding Laura. Finding Dory. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. In respect to this thing, he's really determined to find her. And not only that, he says he will find her. And mm-hmm. he says this in the, in the interview that he had with Althea. Now, he's in the car with Morgan, having just buried the lonely guy. Mm-hmm. And he just openly admits, it's not like I don't think that I'll never find her. Mm-hmm. I, I do I do know that. I, I, I'm under no illusions that it's possible that we won't find her. But, mm-hmm. I, can't, but mm-hmm. I can't think about that. That's right. not the point. That's and, not the point, yeah. And, and Althea is the same way. I know there are no new stations but this is just something that i do yeah to to keep my head absolutely i mean like look you have to do what you have to do in order to maintain your sanity yeah and this under these sort of sort of circumstances yeah he's like hey doom and gloom can't be all doom and gloom all the time it can't always be about clearing people morgan can't always be about clearing people yeah so what what was this episode called what's your story it should be episode one get a hobby get a hobby (laughs) so get a life get a life morgan god (laughs) talk about the 90s Get a life. Get a life. Like, oh, duh. Yeah. Psh. That is so funny. <laughs> but it's true. Pie in the sky goals, but at the same time, yeah, it, it just anchors them to this world. Yes. So, so strange as they are, they probably, they're probably on the right path. You know, they have the right idea. Mm-hmm. So one more thing. We're finally reaching the end of the episode after that. And yes. we're noticing that there's a woman on the road. And they slowly creep up to cautiously to assess the situation. Because as they had mentioned earlier on, these parts, they're all, there's not a lot of people around here. It's yeah. Leland and her, and that was basically it for Miles. Mm-hmm. And seeing this woman, they're, they're very cautious. They're like, what is going on? What, she's hurt 
but there's nobody really around here to hurt her. So, okay, let's approach with caution. And as they near her, we find out that it's uh, Alicia from the show. Finally, we see a series regular. We're concerned. She's hurt. Like, oh, what happened? Uh, how long, how much time has passed? Like, obviously, there's a huge gap in time from when Fear the Walking Dead ended off last season. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. the entire series starts way before The Walking Dead. So we're in the present. Something must have happened between then and now all this amount of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as they're trying to figure out what happened, oh, where she heard Morgan's bringing the first aid kit. So he's kind of back by the SWAT vehicle and outcome Strand and Nick, her Alicia's brother and Luciana, which is actually was Nick's girlfriend who had kind of disappeared from the show completely. And I'm not talking about at the end. I'm talking about several episodes before the end of last season. She leaves Nick at some point because basically they were supposed to run off together. Yes. N- Nick and Luciana. Mm hmm. And at some point she leaves him because, oh, he wants to stay with his family. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I thought I was your family. Right. You know, so she leaves and it was like that for like half the season, last season or something, Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. that effect. So to see Luciana now, you're kind of like thinking, oh, wow, there a lot of time must have passed between then and now for her to come back into the picture again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it is Nick, her, and Strand, and Alicia. And so our series regulars basically holds our, now are like our favorite people hostage. <laughs> so, oh, you know, our gang of misfits, right. almost yeah. like literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. And now you don't know, even know how to root for, like what is going on? Yeah. So you're left with a lot of burning questions. Lots of questions. And I, there's just so little to go on. You don't even know where to start. No. I could not even make a prediction. Obviously, things have happened to them. The Walking Dead season seven and eight kind of things. <laughs> people. Yeah. Where's Madison? That's what a lot of people were saying. Where <clears throat> is Madison? Yeah. So Yeah. Lots of questions. There's such a huge gap. You really couldn't be able to guess. No, and, no, you couldn't guess. And I think that's intense because yeah i mean it gives them a lot of creative liberty basically yeah to say that this this and this and this happened unbeknownst to us there, there doesn't have to be any sort of trajectory for that time has passed that pretty much everything is kind of plausible <laughs> right a tremendous amount of time it's got to be at least a year i have to say mm-hmm. i don't know if anybody's done any of the chronology between the walking dead and, the, and fear the walking dead but I, I i would have to say that there have to be like at at least several months between yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously if you're the walking dead chronologically speaking would be first mm-hmm. and i would say like by the time rick wakes up it's got to be a couple months later at least right. at yeah. least if not several mm-hmm. so and then to have the seasons go so far to have that original chronologically speaking series catch up to today uh-huh. it's got to be at least a year or more mm-hmm. you know a gap between the end of fear the walking dead season three and season four episode one and so the one thing that scott gimple says i think this is going to be a, a, a time jumping season and they're mm-hmm. going to have to yeah yeah and we will get to find out what happens or what has happened to our series mm-hmm. regulars but before we go we got some sneak peeks for you. Mm-hmm. It's seeming like at some point our regulars are at a settlement and you do see Madison, I think. Or do you actually? Oh, I need to take a look at that again. Yeah. All I know is that Luciana is there and she's radioing a bunch of people, including Nick. So some other people are there, some randos are pushing a car or a truck and you see earlier on in another sneak peek that mm-hmm. they're in the truck trying to shield themselves from walkers on the outside mm-hmm. so I guess at some point they get out but eventually they run out of gas or something mm. so they're pushing this truck back to their settlement and all of a sudden a bunch of tour buses and, and all that start pulling up behind them and Luciana's just like go 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 don't just leave it and mm. so they're just basically trying to hide out from whoever's chasing now are these the people that made our series regulars crazy or Who whatnot? They are right now? Are they holding something over them? Where's Madison? Who's Deanna? Who's Deanna? <laughs> God, I love that. There is another scene, though. At some point, I guess we jump back to the present. Alicia is basically asking Althea, and it looks like they still have our band of misfits, which I'll call them, mm-hmm. captive. And she asks Althea, like, what is the deal with the flags? So it looks like they don't know what it's about either. Hmm. So that's interesting, too. Like, you'd think they've been out here a long enough time to know, but I guess they don't. So I guess they weren't always in this region of Texas, or maybe they just arrived. Maybe. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
But um, lots of questions. And we do see that building with 457. So, Mm -hmm. and I guess what we do know is that we will see the Jenna Elfman character. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember what her name is on the show? I don't. Me neither. But I know that she's... But she's she's featured. Got some star power on the show. Yeah, right? (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. What is it about comedians, too? Like, when they make it on the show, is she going to be like the Josh McDermott character? Uh, You you know what I mean? I don't think so. I don't get that impression. No, it seems like she's been through some horrors. Yeah. Yes. Her character bio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> so for not, her. So not a Eugene. Okay. Not a Eugene. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say no to that. Yeah. Yeah. Nine. Nine. Um, and then you do get a glimpse of what seemed to be oily walkers. Like obviously yeah, they're in Texas. Right? Well, that's true. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So mm, yeah, another, oil, another situation. <laughs> oil spill walkers. Okay. Light yes. them on fire. Burn them <laughs> yeah. up. Oh boy! Sorry, yeah, great. <laughs> but maybe maybe the crude oil is like a it's like a commodity, so it's kind of like oh, it's just like it's like burning money in the apocalypse. Maybe yeah, that's what I they know. try to avoid that. Like if you just kill the walkers, you can get the oil for your car or something. You yeah. Refine it. Oh yeah, refine it. Yeah, make some gasoline or something. Oh, I, don't know. I don't know how like chemicals work. Have you noticed that? No. <laughs> So, barring any observations, I, I just I don't know what else we can say about that. But I do like this episode. I I, I enjoy. It's a good start. Yeah, it's 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 nice to see an episode that's so apart from the series, mm-hmm. and then now you have to reconcile that episode with the rest of the rest of the series, basically. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. Yeah, you're right. Also, the the series regulars characters, aside from maybe Strand as the con man, the rest of them do not have as much of a caricature kind of no. character. No. No, that was their thing that they're like real people or which like is addict. fine you know addict is not really yeah, a, it's not, not really a superpower not a superpower <laughs> i mean it's it's kind of, can you imagine oh my well, god well it kind of was okay maybe i should take that back because i don't even think it's addict maybe the addict is kind of a byproduct we're talking about nick right now yes yes so nick clark the brother of alicia the son of madison, madison. So I think his thing is flirting with danger. So he always, he does these drugs. He likes to feel good. He's in the moment. But you find out later on the series, he the way he's able to replace the drugs is to just put himself in situations that are dangerous. He To get that same rush. Right. He I don't know if you read the, the bios and stuff, but he does walk around with yeah. walkers. Yes. You know, he yeah. puts the blood on him. He figured that shit out really quick. Yeah, yeah. He figured it out before um, many of our... Uh, characters on Walking Dead yeah. figured that out they were putting guts on them it was like dude stop wasting time just put their blood on you mm-hmm. and you're good <laughs> And he taught others to do it too, including Luciana. I was like, whoa, this guy's hardcore. Yeah. And again, you can't put a label on that kind of person, like Daredevil. I don't know. I don't know. know. Risk taker. He he is kind of like Jesus, though, too, on The Walking Dead. He's not a fighter. Right. But it's something that I was saying in the other episode is that he'll put himself in situations that he has no, he doesn't have really have a way of getting out. He doesn't yeah. know he's going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But I guess Jesus trusts himself enough and has enough training to be able to get out of close combat situations. Yeah. I don't know. Daredevils. All of them. Ninja daredevils. Yeah. There you have it. I think we've got enough for this episode and there was only so much to say about it other than the fact that it's just a very enjoyable episode and if you have not watched it I'm assuming you watched it mm-hmm. I would recommend just absorbing the heck out of it because yeah. just take a mental inventory because it feels like you need to kind of absorb this moment right now because it's going to get crazy and time jumping from here on in yeah for uh, sure yeah with that everybody we'll see you tomorrow night it was the best that we could do this week <laughs> yeah because life's this, hard yeah life's hard play play rough Wait, yeah no, don't do don't do that that's that's a bad thing yeah <laughs> in any case we'll be back with you on episode two uh season four of fear of the walking dead enjoy it see you next time <laughs>